What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to another bonus short lecture from the History Teachers Talking Podcast, where Tom or I will lecture on big topics in little time. For more information, you can visit us at www.historyteacherstalkingpodcast.com or visit evergreenpodcast.com. A handshake is so common, we often never think about where it actually came from. This globally widespread brief greeting or parting tradition in which two people grasp each other's hands, in most cases accompanied by a brief up and down movement, has been around at least 3,000 years. That's based on a carving from a 9th century BCE, which depicts a king of Babylonia shaking hands to forge an alliance with the Assyrian king. This custom continued among ancient Greeks for centuries. It has been represented on various vases, reliefs, and funerary art since then found by our modern world. In these contexts, the handshakes conveyed peaceful intentions among armed men. By extending your hand to the other person, palm up and shaking your hand up and down showed that you were not hiding any weapons and bore no ill toward the other person. Some people even suggest that this up and down motion was supposed to dislodge any knives or daggers that might be hidden literally up one's sleeve. Another explanation proposed by historians deals with the fact that a handshake was a symbol of good faith when making an oath or a promise. When two individuals clasped their hands, they showed that their word was a sacred bond. Following one of the earliest depictions of the handshake with the Assyrian and Babylonian rulers, the handshake came up quite often, specifically in the epic poetry by Homer. He described handshakes several times in his Iliad and the Odyssey. Most often, these were described in relation to pledges and displays of trust. This same handshake would also recur in 4th and 5th century BC and many of the Greek arts. Gravestones would often depict the deceased person shaking hands with a member of their family, which signified either a final farewell or the eternal bond between the living and the dead. In ancient Rome, the handshake was often used as a symbol of friendship and royalty. Pairs of clasped hands even appeared on Roman coins. Some historians believe that it was also during the Roman times that the gesture, especially the shaking part of one's hand, became symbolic with a way of dislodging a dagger that may have been stealthily concealed up someone's sleeve, specifically of their toga. After all, Caesar was stabbed 23 times. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Moving on to medieval Europe, knights were also fond adapters of the handshake. Historians still believe that this act became very popular during this knight era to shake loose any hidden weapons. Still, some other historians 
believed that the actual handshake as we know it today became popularized by the 17th century Quakers, who viewed a simple handclasp as a more down-to-earth alternative to bowing or tipping a hat. The same greeting later became commonplace, and by the 1800s, etiquette manuals often included guidelines on how to properly handshake. As is often suggested today, the Victorian shake was supposed to be firm, but not overly strong. It would be the Russians that later established some more etiquette norms. In the 1800s, for instance, the Russian etiquette spoke of the eldest man typically extending his hand first, inviting the youngest in a circle to shake with him, but never across a threshold, which according to old Slavic traditions might disturb one's deceased ancestors. Ironically, it was also the Russians that were first to impose a strict ban on handshakes. This was a response to the 1918 influenza pandemic, which also included a ban other Russian greetings, such as triple kissing or hugging. After all these years, the handshake clearly has symbolic and cultural importance. Turning down a handshake is sometimes more significant than the handshake itself. This was not a problem for President Teddy Roosevelt, who set a record for a head of state by shaking hands with 8,513 people at one official White House function on New Year's Day, January 1st, 1907. Today, the handshake is commonly done upon meeting, greeting, parting, offering congratulations, expressing gratitude, or as a public sign of completing a business or some type of diplomatic agreement. Also in sports or other competitive activities, a handshake is done as a sign of good sportsmanship. Its purpose is to show trust, respect, balance, and equality. If it is done to form an agreement, the agreement is not official until the hands are parted. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Several countries and organizations adopted policies that encourage people to use alternative modes of greeting instead of a handshake. Does that mean that the handshake as we know it is now gone? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Hope you guys enjoyed this History Teachers Talking Podcast short lecture. Tom and I will be back next week with another fun episode. I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.